from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Aaron Catano Sayas. And my name is Jeff Stormer. This is All My Fantasy Children. It's a tabletop inspired world building, storytelling, and character creation podcast where each week we take your brilliant submitted listener prompts and we create the greatest stories of all time from them. And then we take those stories and we use them to build up our fantasy world that we've called. Fantasy! Yeah! <laughs> that's, that's right! Ah, oh, But first, we talk about nice things. Like, what's getting us excited this week? Jeff, what's been going on? What's getting you excited this week? What is getting me excited this week? Damn it! What's getting you? I'm, the, I'm all jazzed up. I'm throwing shit. What's getting you excited? Uh, you know what's been getting me excited this week? What? Cheeseburgers. Hey! Oh, do tell. This is transition to Jeff and Aaron's Snack Corner. Now, please tell me about this cheeseburger. I just love cheeseburgers. They're my favorite food. Did you have one recently? I had one for lunch today. Fuck. It was delicious. It was incredible. Uh, Lee's Deli in West Philly. It's on 47th in Baltimore in West Philly. It is uh, an amazing little uh, greasy spoon deli spot. Uh, Nice. Really lovely. Can't beat it. One of my favorite spots in the city. I got the the Sunshine Burger, which is a, a, a staple in my life. Uh, that is a burger with bacon and a fried egg on it. Fuck yes. Uh, I I mean I'm a I'm a sucker for a fried egg on. Uh, you put an egg on a burger, I'm a happy man. I did forget to. I usually get it uh not fried but uh over easy because I really like that runny yolk. You gotta have the runny yolk. But uh, the fried was good. I I won't deny that the fried. And then I get they make a homemade uh they make like a house made honey Dijon yeah. sauce that's that's unbelievable. And you get the little cup of that on the side with your fries. <sighs> That and, a can, <laughs> that and a can of Coke, you're, I'm a happy man. <sighs> I love that so much. Speaking of food, last night, what's getting me excited is found this sick area. It's like three stops past me that I've never gone to before on the way to Coney Island. And I found it's like this incredible amount of food, like super authentic it's, cuisine. It's and, this place. It's called Coney Island. <laughs> no, it, it's this sick little area. I think it was like Avenue U or something like that. But anyway, I had Birria, Birria tacos. Oh, I love Birria. Yes. Oh. And the place, by the way, if if you want to, you know, if later on we're famous and this show is popular, I hope we're not famous, but I hope the show is popular, and you want to go on the Aaron and Jeff food tour, this is at, it's called El Palenque de Tres Gallos Restaurant. It's fucking bomb. Super good. good. Look it up. I love Birria. Oh, it's the it's so first good. time I ever had it. it. And dipping it in the consomme and shit. Oh my god, I fuck with it so hard. Incredible, incredible. Ah, so yeah, it's been getting me excited. He's been eating fucking good in the neighborhood. Like I, I live, I live to eat just good local food. Is one of my favorite things in the world. I do love trash, but like a good local spot that just makes you something that. Carries you through the days, and there's nothing can beat it. Especially when it's, like, near you. There's something so satisfying about, like, finding something quality in your neighborhood. Especially when it's, like, a surprise. You're like, I didn't know this was here. And then you come in, you're like, hey, we're in the neighborhood. And they're like, we don't give a fuck. (laughs) It's just nice to find places that are close to you that slap. Because nothing's worse than feeling like you got to drive like two hours or travel like an hour for food. It's depressing. It is. And so I loved, ugh, I just love And I say food. that knowing both of us lived that exact life for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's oftentimes how I feel where I'm like, gotta go to Manhattan. It takes me like 40 minutes. But it's nice having spots in your neighborhood that are just bomb and you give them money and you're supporting them and keeping them open and telling people about them. So Everybody who's listening to this, go to Philly and go to Jeff's Burger Spot and go to Brooklyn and go to my taco spot. That's how do that. Jeff, I really want to dive in really bad. I'm really excited about this uh, prompt in this episode. So the prompt this week comes to us from our Discord, King and Commoner, prompt, the gift-giving mascot. So 
refresher for those of us who are maybe new to the show or forgot what we did with mascots. Mascots and fantasy are very much the same as they are in our world. People wearing foam suits that are oftentimes cartoony and, you know, inanimate objects that are sentient, like a banana man. However, mascots are imbued with immense power when they're in their, pretty much their home. When they're if they're representing, like, you know, the, the the town that makes the best spaghetti, and that person in the mascot suit is wearing their mascot suit that is a big bowl of spaghetti that represents their town, their point of pride, if you're in that area, you are given, like, real, like, superhero power. Like, you're really fucking strong, and it's basically, in my opinion, I always saw it as, like, the people in the area that believe in you and they support you and are like, fuck yeah, that pride manifests into like basically a spirit bomb that dwells in you and gives you immense power. Love it. Love it. Um, love it. Love it. But this is the gift giving mascot. Now, Jeff, I already get strong Santa Claus vibes. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. But I do want to say that we do have we've never elaborated on it. We have a holiday in fantasy that we've never really built out. And okay. Uh, It's just my subtle pitch. It's just kind of an idea I had that we said in Iron Hill, uh, because their memories fade, the beast folk, over time, but giving someone a present unlocks like a memory in them. It brings it back. Like if you give them a token of that kind of like reignites that memory, it'll come back. So is this the mascot for that holiday or is this something much different? Is this much more of a magical Santa Claus character? So here's here's where here's where I'm at. I mean, I want to give you I want to give you my thought process and the creative process that brought me to where I am at this moment. Okay. I googled just the word mascot. Okay. Just pulled up the Google image search and I'm looking and I've got seeds of ideas and it could be the Iron Hill mascot. It could be something else, but I'm flipping through the mascots that are coming up when I Google just the word mascot. <laughs> Such a deeply satisfying experience. <laughs> it really is. And and the first thing that jumps out to me is that I'm I, I, I assume it's because I'm in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm getting a lot of gritty. Oh, there's a fu- I mean, I see a lot of fucking gritty. Gritty's so popular. There's one with naked a, gritty's not wearing clothes. That's all that. Naked, there's a naked gritty. There's a lot of gritty. Um and I, I, I kinda wanna use a little bit of that in the actual like description or in the in the story that we weave. I wanna kinda pull on that on the gritty mythos a little bit. Okay. Not explicitly, but like little pieces of not like the the picture of gritty like in pop culture. I wanna pull on my experiences with gritty as a person that lives in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Like in real life, the experience yeah. of gritty appearing and everybody goes fucking wild. Yeah. Let me tell you the story of Gritty, Aaron. I'm, I've probably talked about this on mic before. We've been on mic for years. I know. And several times we have... Brit, Gritty is canon in our world. So... And also, but... I mean, the, please go ahead. The day that Gritty appeared, my wife sent me a picture of Gritty. And I said, what the fuck is this? Get this out of here. I hate this man. <laughs> what is this terrible Muppet? <laughs> and then an hour later, I saw someone from New Jersey <laughs> say, I hate Gritty. <laughs> Wow. Immediately, with a burning passion, and the ever since then, my my immediate response was, fuck you. He's ours and we love him. Yes, 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 a thousand times. Yes. And but that's like that is the most real thing with mascots, is it's what at the core our mascots are in our world, where it's like, it may not be perfect, it may not be pretty. But the heat, but it's ours. You know, that mascot is ours. It's our town's mascot, and that makes you fucking love it. Even if it's what I'm looking at now is a really shitty blue owl in like a school uniform shirt. Like it sucks. But I'm sure if you go to that school, you'd be like, are you kidding? I have never seen the mascot for the Orlando Magic. If you are listening to this and you are from the city of Orlando, Florida, I'm sorry that this is your mascot. Is it a wizard? Oh, that's a dragon, and it sucks. <laughs> Shit. Oh, oh it, my god. Oh, here's a dog, and its name is Champ, and it's got. Wait, that's a dog. That's a dragon. <laughs> no, I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the University of Tennessee oh. smoke. It's got a belt that says Champ, and he's he's doing a flex. He's some sort of wrestler dog. Oh, there's some. I like the crazy crab and other Bay Area mascots. There's a very sad looking crab <laughs> with Google eyes. I don't like when they're humanoid. That this is a side note. Hey, listener, humanoid mascots piss me the fuck off when it's just like a dude with like a cartoon face. Like there's a the Buccaneers mascot. It's just a fucking pirate. Like it's just a guy. Like fuck you. Get a mascot. A Buccaneer pirate could be like a parrot. Parrot You know, it could be a cannon. 
that talks. That'd be fun. Like a, a cannon, a fucking person. You are lazy. Like Rutgers is just a scarlet knight. Like it's just a it's fucking lazy. dude. It's lazy. Okay, get out of here, man. Fuck. So, so the, uh, and the other <laughs> thing that I want to pull from Gritty. This is the other important detail. We're thinking about gift giving. Yes. Um. There's a piece of mascot uh lore that that Gritty perhaps perfected the art form of. And that is, it is important to consider how mascots deliver gifts. <laughs> oh shit! Are you are you describing a cannon, Jeff? <laughs> yes. yes. T-shirt cannons. <laughs> yes. Oh baby. Oh, mascot. Okay. So so okay. Then I'm gonna ask you, what's the mascot that is funniest to be standing next to? I'm gonna say an old black powder cannon that fires a bundle of gifts out of it and fall down around <laughs> people and they open them and they're wonderful, loving gifts. I feel like we will figure out what the mascot is when we know about it, because okay. the mascot is usually informed by the region, the sport, the game, you know, what have you. You know what I mean? They're not. Yeah. Rarely are they just pulled from arbitrary bullshit. And when they are, it's really it's unsuccessful. And our mascots are very successful. Like Pickles the fucking pickle. You're right. You you are correct. So let's talk about. God, God, I can't stop looking at these fucking terrible mascots and how many of them are just men and i hate that um uh, okay. yeah but what about this this horrifying sun monster are you seeing the sun yes i am i like the sun monster to be completely honest i love him and i hate him <laughs> there's a lot here that i yeah I, i'm seeing just okay now i'm seeing i'm seeing the ones that are just people and they are in fact pissing me off yeah right it makes you mad so to pivot off of that I want to find out who's in the suit, the originator of this. Like, because at the end of the day, like, our story of mascots and stuff is that the suit has, the suit is just a conduit for power. You know what I mean? It's it's an Uh anyone can uh wear the mask, TM, Jeff Stormer um, moment where, like, the person in the suit can be anyone, but it's, it's the suit is the symbol, and the suit transfers power to the person inside of it, um, given by the people. So, who is this person who's giving gifts, and why are they giving gifts? Is it throughout all of fantasy, or just one region? I want to say it is, I like the Iron Hill thing the more I sit with it. Okay. And I like, I, I almost want this to be, I, I like, a city as big as Iron Hill, like, I want it to be like a neighborhood of Iron Hill. Yeah, okay, cool. So, I will say that um, for, I'm thinking this is where the oldest part of town is, because if you take out our modern world thing of like, oh, it's the old part of town. It's a, if people can live for like millennia, old town would be like, yeah, I've just lived in this house for like 4,000 years. And they're like older people. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just uh, a zone where it's like, yeah, I've been living here for a long time. It's like that's old town where like people who are longer in the tooth perhaps live there. And it's not like, you know, I'm not implying some kind of like assisted living situation. I just mean like, these people are, you know, they're just older. <laughs> I have well, I have an immediate pitch. Okay. I have an immediate pitch. It's the neighborhood of Heradrisburg. That's what it is. It will just go Heradrisburg. Heradrisburg. Nice. Because when you think about, like, old neighborhoods, and you think about, like, like, thinking about Philadelphia, you think about, like, old city, you think about the old, like, colonial Williamsburg, and you think about, like, old cities, right? Yeah. The architecture changes and it takes on that that old, you know, you see the history in the buildings and on the streets. And for a place that is as old as Iron Hill, that means where like this neighborhood is probably where, frankly, like when 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 people moved into Iron Hill, these were the the buildings and the structures that were there Ah, before. Okay, because we always kind of said Iron Hill kind of had a cottage aesthetic, right? Like it was very. It's cobblestone streets, cottagey, you know, I imagine like Tudors, a lot of that kind of feel pretty much like suburbs of Philly and Philly. (laughs) And so what (laughs) I'm imagining. (laughs) So and so like what I'm imagining is like like old castle structure, right? Like if in the middle of that, like it's like you picture like castle ruins now is like what I'm imagining. And what the fascinating thing is, is we said in the Haradris episode that Iron Hill is kind of built around the ruins of an old castle that was there like before people existed. And it's all mysterious and cool. And so if you once again take out the idea of generations passing and like, you know, people dying and stuff like that, it would be like people who just grew up or who, who like lived there back then. They could still be mm-hmm. alive. 
You know, and so yeah. if you take out this very human thing of like, wow, I wonder what the people lived like, and oh, the ruins, it would be like, no, they're not ruins, it's my house, I've maintained it over 4,000 years, it's not like some beat up old castle with like rubble and shit, it's just buildings from back then, you know, that people still live in, and they've lived in since the dawn of Iron Hill at like the beginning of civilization's, you know, start in fantasy. And it's yeah. a cool concept to think that, like, you know, imagine if someone from Philly, like, Philly was founded what year? Philadelphia was founded October 27th, 1682. And imagine if, like, you know, old city Philadelphia, people from 1682 are still living there, and they're just, like, 350 years old. Yeah, yeah. That's what this is that you're describing, and it gets me very excited, because there's really cool implications of... It's this like crystallization of culture and time because it, it would be like where elders go and hang in yeah. Haradrisburg, like people who know shit and have been through shit and have seen everything. It, it's a fascinating concept. But anyway, so this gift giving person. Yeah. What's your, what do you have any thoughts? Like you have any initial like, hmms? are they from Haradrisburg? Oh, obviously, Jeff, if they're, if the older you are is as a beast person, the more fucking memories you're losing, it would have to be somebody from Haradrisburg that starts doing this to be like, hell no, everybody, I'm not losing my friends. I'm not, you guys aren't going to lose who you are. I got you, funk, like shooting stuff out of a tube, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's, what it becomes is less of a, a protector and more of a caretaker, right? Yeah, absolutely. Pickles the Pickle is a protector from outside threats. And we said that, like, mascots often fill that role of the person that is defending the city or defending the neighborhood. This is much more a person that, like, is a little bit of a steward and a little bit of a historian and a little bit of a, like, a little bit of a caretaker of, like, look, like, this is a a neighborhood that is very old. It is a neighborhood where memories are, are, are getting lost. I, I wear this suit as a way to come around and give people this gift. And it is probably, like more specifically the origin of this like memory of this remembrance of this day of of memory right like it's this of this celebration of memory like it's the origin of this because it is like a person has made it their mission to periodically come around and deliver people something to remind them of who they are and who they've been and the, the, the life that they've led because if i don't do it that stuff will fade away and if i can wear a suit that is silly and larger than life and ridiculous You'll see it and you'll remember that because it's this silly incongruous thing that yes, doesn't make a lot yes, of sense. And yes. But also that I'm going to bring with you bring with me memories to fill in the the gaps around that and and sort of keep our collective memory alive. And so I think the other thing I want to pitch is that this is uh we can make the first uh the first of these mascots or not, but I I think this is also a title that is handed down. Oh, absolutely. Th- this is someone who is giving gifts for a purpose of like helping people. You know, this is someone who's restoring something that was lost or slipping. And so it has to be something that ma- that mantle is passed down. You know, it's not always the same person. Um what is the holiday that is what is the day? Keepsake day. Keepsake day? Keepsake day. I like that. It's cute. It's simple. And I think it's not seen as this big it's not seen like as something high fantasy and big and dramatic. It's something the beast folk just do. You have to do it. You know what I mean? It, oh, yeah. it, it, it's something that's like, you know, it, I don't get a fucking, every time I give a friend a phone call or reach out and see how they're doing, they're, it's not because of a holiday. If it was, that'd be terrible. This is something very much like, yeah, we have to do this. And like, we make it a celebration because like. It's a sacred, it's a sacred day. It is like a, it is a low key holiday that is like the one that's one of the ones that's really special. And I feel like it became a holiday for people who are not beast folk. Like it, it and, and beast folk, obviously alike. But if you don't have something where you naturally will forget who you are and your life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You would be like, yeah, and then we give gifts to it. It's also seen as like a nice gesture when you're not an if you're not a beast person, you just like it would spread all over the world is like, yeah, we give gifts to remind each other of like our past and who we are and things like that. Oh, I'd forgotten about that cute memory. But for the beast folk, it started as a way of being like, no, we gotta, we we gotta hang on to this stuff. This is important. Yeah, I love that. The first person to ever do it. Let's talk about them. I'm gonna roll some d6, animal d6 go for pronouns. It's a horse, he, him. 
He is, what animal do you want to start with? What animal is this person? I'm pulling back up the Google search. Random animal generator. What about a polar bear? Polar bear is fun. I, I want to go with something odd. An armadillo? I almost want to go non-animal. But they're from Iron Hill, Jeff. They're a beast person. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Why would it be like that? That, that feels weird. No, to no, me. no. I mean the person in the suit. Oh, I was thinking what the suit is. Okay. No, I'm talking about what the person is. <laughs> oh, then polar bear. Absolutely. That's delightful. <laughs> polar bear. And it's it's closely akin to Santa Claus. By the way, that was from Random Animals on RandomList.com. It's a great fucking website. Um, yeah. So there's this polar bear. And he, why is he like, okay, is it because... This is the first person to figure out the idea of giving tokens to Beast Folk and it locks in their memory. Hmm. This is the person who like unlocked that, found that essentially that cure for this issue. Hmm. You know what I mean? I like it as a uh, as a process thing, not as a like Eureka moment. I think it's how I would describe it. What I mean is that I, I a thing that I love, this is this is Jeff pulling on on his love of Santa Claus mythology. Okay. Uh I love the sort of processization of of I mean I I love any time like a process becomes magic right that's that's an yes. all my fantasy children staple and so the idea of like giving someone a gift and then magic happens and then giving someone else a gift and magic happens and kind of just like building that process and building the magic of it is like I almost love the first time it happens is a very mundane gesture and then like it just happens out from there and from there and from there and it kind of was just a thing that he was already doing and then kind of slowly realized the magical potential therein. Okay, cool. So what ignited it? Like, what, what caused this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it just simply time or do you want to flip a card to find out how, like, let's just learn more about this person. We got some Session Zero cards from Megan Cross. Let's flip some cards and we'll, we'll get some answers to some questions. Kind of see where it goes. Okay, so this polar bear, everyone has their tales of triumph. What story from before your adventuring days are you most proud of? Why and do you still tell it? So what's okay. a story from before he was this person giving tokens out, you know? Okay, I kind of got this kind of this kind of this kind of pulls me in a direction that like popped in my head as you were reading the question and like the question itself feels answerable with the direction that I'm pulling in. I love the idea that 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 he was a shopkeeper. Okay. Uh, and was like specifically like a uh, like a restaurant like a like a convenience store owner. Can I give a can I give a twist on this convenience yes, store? It's an antique store. Okay, I like that because like that, that, that it, it ties into this whole theme of like preserving history and stuff. Yeah, and that makes him a little bit of a historian, but like Absolutely. kind of a huckster at the same time. Of like, course, yeah, no question. And like I love that, and that's a good energy. And I think the other half of it, the other twist that I want to make is. In her addressburg, uh, this was and probably still is the best place to get a cup of coffee in the neighbor in the neighborhood. Oh, I love that. There's a little tiny coffee counter in this antique store. And like and so like what it is is you go in, you get a cup of coffee, you look at some antiques, maybe you buy a weird piece of furniture, you find some old magazines, you flip through. Like it, it's it's the very kind of browsing antique experience. And, and if somebody is if, if this person, if this polar bear, do we want to name them? Uh, his name is I like Humphrey. 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 Humphrey Box and Latch. Humphrey Box and Latch is the name of the polar bear. Holy shit, that's fucking incredible. So Humphrey Box and Latch, if you say that this is, so let's let's recap. It's been a little scattered. Let's recap everything yeah. we have. We created in Iron Hill a neighborhood called Haradrisburg, which is the oldest part of the city. It is quite possibly the first part of Iron Hill ever built. If we're saying that the story we're telling of Humphrey uh, Box and Latch is in the modern area of era fantasy, that means that he has been alive since literally the Haradris episode, meaning like the the dawn of fucking yeah. time. And we made Haradrisburg the oldest city. We said that he is the person who kind of started this tradition and eventually wears the mascot suit. But right now, he runs the greatest goddamn antique store slash coffee shop in Iron Hill. Chill. It's called Chill Vibes. Chill Vibes. <laughs> It's called Chill Vibes, and the what story from before your adventuring days are you most proud of and why? Is it owning the store? I think it's owning the store 
Because I think that maybe what I want to propose is that the earliest iterations of this gift, like as he kind of came to understand the magic, he would be like, I think the earliest iterations of these gifts were learning someone and learning their coffee order. Yes. And having it ready before they arrived. And like when I saw them come in, like I could hand them a cup and we would walk around and I would show them some things. And that little bit of that little bit of memory was a thing that like we shared. And even before I realized that these gifts, these keepsakes had magic to them, that was a little tiny piece of the magic ritual. And may I make a weird heady pitch? Yeah. The, the first time that I feel like he experienced uh, his own memories kind of fading were things about who he was, like going home, like he would walk into his house and be like, I don't remember taking that picture, blah, 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 blah. But it's the people that would come into his store who would remind him and pay him and talk to him and give him just like stuff. You know, the idea of maybe it's donation based, the Mm. store itself. It's kind of this, I'm feeling this kind of cyclical thing where he's losing himself. The customers bring him back and he kind of then will bring them back in the way of like keeping their stories going and keeping the the magic attached to these objects alive by continually like you come in, you chat, like he is that owner that will talk to you a lot, sit down with you, talk about it. He wants to hear the story of the antique. He wants to talk about your coffee order. And in that exchange, people are keeping him rooted in, in his life and he is rooting them in their memories. I like so it's that. kind of this like beautiful thing. And so I feel like that was I f- to him the time that he's like most proud of is when like I built this coffee shop. It was this safe looking back when he's now from the point of view as he is Santa Claus of memories, he would be like, God, those are the early days when we didn't even know where we were creating magic. We didn't even know we were creating these anchors to ourselves and our stories. And it was just living and life and just a wonderful feeling of community, you know, before this like duty to wear the suit called him. And I love that. I love when, Heroes have like these origin stories that are kind of like, I didn't even know I was saving people's lives when I was Mm -hmm. doing it. And Mm -hmm. in this way, you are literally saving people's lives in the way of preserving them. Um, Do you want to pull another card? I already did. uh, And it's a it's a doozy of a question. Okay. Everybody has their reasons. Why did you take up the life of an adventurer? Was it a hard decision? And what did you leave behind when you left? And I think adventurer in this case will say means why did you put on us like why did you why did he why make did you it craft into a suit? the suit you yeah. know why did he craft the suit I feel like it would have to be someone that Humphrey knew from Haradrisburg someone from the old days losing themselves completely maybe and maybe like and maybe like him doing like that's his maybe like the first instance of real proper Matt so okay I have a I have a pitch. Okay. It also ties into what I think the suit is. Okay. Get ready, because it's very good, and I'm very I, proud of it. I have a it. good pitch of what the suit is as well, and I think we're on the same page. I'm hoping we are, but if we're not, that's uh, okay. So the first time, like, he, he kind of, he was, he had been talking to someone and, like, watching kind of some of their memories fade, and finally, he happened to come into an object that belonged to them, right? Like, and he yeah. knew this, and he brought this to them, and he kind of shared some of their stories with them. And, like, he watched the magic and he watched them be like, yeah, I, I remember. And, like, watch that kind of magical, magical gift of that and, like, watch the two of them share this thing together. And it was the first real tangible moment of magic. And so he kind of was like, wait, what if I what if I became an example of all of the things that we've kind of lost? And so he becomes I want to hear your pitch for the suit. I want to see if we are on the same page. I am seeing some kind of it's made of all the antiques that remind people like some I was kind seeing of, one antique. And so I'm very happy. Like We are on the same page. I was seeing one antique. Oh, I'm seeing like all of them, like uh, kind of like an uh, Iron Man's first suit made out of scrap. I've, I'm yeah, I'm seeing that. But with one very specific thing. Yes, I'm seeing Gramps the clock. Gramps the clock. Where it's a grandfather clock? <laughs> it's a grandfather with arms coming out, arms and, and legs. legs coming out. Yes, I love Gramps the. So okay, so that's fucking spicy. And then uh, cut oh, to the present. Okay. I want to cut to the present. Can I? Can I cut to the past real quick, please? So the first time this ever happened was uh, Humphrey's best friend. Um, their name was. Uh, what was their name? They were known as Dynamo Joe. 
Dynamo Joe. Love it. They were known as Dynamo Joe. You know, it's a nickname. It's like, you know, these are old timers hanging. You know what I mean? These are people who've been around since the beginning. You know, Dynamo Joe. So Dynamo Joe. Don't play them in a a hand of cards. Hell no. Dynamo Joe will smoke you. Dynamo (laughs) Dynamo Joe's got stories for days. And that's what Dynamo Joe was known for. Dynamo Joe was that person who, sort of like what we'd see as a bard, someone who like kept everything and told stories through song and always had a story from the past and like knew everything, kind of like a scribe. So once Dynamo Joe, though, started forgetting everything, everything about who they are and things like that i feel like the two of them at one point in time restored an old clock humphrey and dynamo joe took some time you know dynamo came to the store and they had this junky clock that someone had dropped off and the two of them spent a week fixing this thing getting new gears getting new parts fixing it up making it custom so like it showed the phases of the moon really nice it was really beautiful and so when Dynamo Joe for finally like bumped into Humphrey after like a while of them not speaking, because, you know, life happens and Dynamo Joe didn't remember the face of Humphrey, didn't remember the old stories, was just not themselves. I feel like what is the bridge here? Did they put on the suit or was it just like, you know, was Humphrey like, what are you talking about? You don't remember me like. We worked on this old clock together, and or is it like, let me put on the fucking clock or dance around? But um, or was it like something? I, it started as something simple. I think it was. I think it was. So I, I have an immediate pitch now that I know Dynamo Joe. <laughs> we all know Dynamo Joe. I, I think it wasn't. I think they. I think they weren't. They weren't. They weren't showing a grandfather clock, but they were showing a like a, a timepiece, and I think that kind of ties into it. Nice. I think what it is is they go is they walk hump walk. I, Humph, I, I've decided humph. that his nickname is Humph. Humph, 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 Humph. Um, humph walks them through the, like, the shop and finally brings them to a pocket watch that is, like, hanging on a little, on a little holder and tells the story of how this pocket watch was owned by the richest man in Iron Hill, was this prize for years and years and years, and Dynamo Joe bluffed it the hell off of this man with, like, in three spectacular bluff-filled games of cards. Tells this whole story, and by the end of it, uh, Dynamo Joe has jumped in and is telling the story themselves and is like correcting things. And like they have this like laughing, and like the story is like sh- the walls are shaking with laughter as they both remember this experience. And that's kind of the magic. And afterwards, Humph is just kind of thinking like it was that watch, it was that reminder of the time that we shared together. What if I could remind everyone of the times that we've shared together what, and like built a built this clock costume, <laughs> this incredible grandfather clock costume that would remind people of. So the thing that I always want to hammer on with Beast Folk is like they're the most human of uh-huh. like every culture and fantasy where like your time is limited as, as it is in, you know, real life, but also like this very human thing of like. Unless you put value and remind people of what they mean to you and the moments that they had with you, that they matter and they meant something. And, you know, unless you keep that connection, it will fade away. So it's this very beautiful thing of like him reminding people like time is valuable. The time we have with people, our time on earth is limited or on fantasy, whatever, is limited. And so don't forget to make the most of your time. And that is where I feel like the the festival and like once that Humphrey, what was it? Switchbox? Switchbox? Uh, uh, box and latch. Box and latch puts on this suit and starts like what? Wearing it to work? Is that um, how it starts? I think it starts. It starts with, I don't think it's wearing it to work. I think it is, it is Aaron, it is time for me to pull on one of my most treasured memories. Okay. It is time for me to pull on my mascot experience. Oh, please. The time that I watched mascots uh, and created one of the great memories of my life. This is about the time I went to the opening of a Wawa. <laughs> oh, you told this story on air and it makes me very happy. Okay, good. Then I went to the opening <laughs> for the opening of a Wawa. <laughs> there was a parade of mascots and it included Shorty the Hoagie, who is a hoagie, yep. and Wally the Goose and a giant Ben Franklin. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> and a marching band. <laughs> and so what I imagine is 
much like Santa, like I imagine it's a Santa Claus like thing of like, put put on the suit one day, like nobody's going to know it's me. I'm just going to kind of have a little bit of fun with everyone. Went up to everybody's door, kind of like marched down the street and like dropped off a gift and was like, oh, my God, you go. And just like kind of walked down the street, like ringing, ringing clock bells like it's time for gifts. And, and it's perfect because Humph would know every single person in Haradrisburg, you know, and so yep. would have presents for everyone to be like, hey, you know, Diane, here's the, you know, here's where we, we went to that beach that one time and, you know, I lost my trunks, ha ha ha. And like, you know, it's a string from like a drawstring yeah. from like a pair of swim trunks. And Diane is like, oh my goodness, Humph, like it's it's you. And it's this amazing experience where it's kind of like a mixture of trick-or-treating. Yeah. But as if, like, you go door-to-door and you don't take, you give. And you <laughs> remind your neighbors of an amazing time that you shared in order to just either, even if they do remember, it still just brings them joy. But it's also that magic and, like, is it magic, is it not, that it's, it's a beautiful thing of reminding people of times that you shared with them, you know? I love it, and the, the 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 jump to the modern day that I wanted to throw in is still very funny. Okay. Which is that at the start of Keepsake Day, Gramps the clock stands at the top of a road and screams, it's time for Keepsake Day, and has... It, the time <laughs> has come! And starts walking from door to door and just pulling strings, and with each string, a cannon fire. <laughs> Sends like a package to someone's doorstep, but instead of the gongs yes. of a clock, you're just hearing boom, 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 boom. <laughs> the cannons are firing. The cannons. <laughs> it's time. It's 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 keepsake day. I love this. And there's just gifts falling from the sky. Uh, but what I do, what I love though is that Humphrey would be this like you said a historian at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Humphrey knows literally fucking everyone. Oh, yeah. So Humphrey would have a connection with everyone. And in that way that like mystical and magical stories do, everyone has even a little experience with like, you know, uh, Santa or, you know, if Halloween had a mascot, you know what I mean? Like or the Grinch, you know, just something. So just that link alone connects him to every single person in Iron Hill, even if it's like, oh, I have a story about me and your dad or me and your mom, me and your grandfather. It ties them together, and it is this great web of memories that's made that, you know, he kind of just, like, will keep preserved forever. Or at least he did until maybe he passed the suit on, and no one knows if Humphrey is in that suit or not still. I love it. That's what I, that's what I love about it, is this idea of, like, it's, I mean, it, that's, it's, Gramps. it's Gramps. It's Gramps at this point. Like, it might be Humph, it might be somebody else, like... Uh, and it is simply that this is this has become this magical thing that about once a year, uh, a jelly grandfather clock <laughs> rolls down the street on a little cart with a bunch of cannons on the side and starts pulling strings and, you know, a gift gets launched at your house. What is, Jeff, the power that is given from Iron Hill to Gramps the Clock? I think it is that it is that sense of shared knowledge, right? It is that sense of even if you've never met Gramps the Clock or the person inside, you know them. Yeah, you they, they you know them and they know you. Like it is that real sense of like oh! everybody knows Gramps the Clock, and Gramps it, the Clock has oh. the gift for every. Like has that one gift to honor honor the thing that you're really proud of and celebrate the thing that you're really happy about and mourn the thing that you mourn. Like Gramps knows oh. Gramps knows these little folksy things about you if if you are. If you are if you are on his route, he knows these little folksy uh, anecdotes about the the year that you've had and the life that you've had and the the things that you remember and the things that you should remember. Because I can't help myself, the magic given from Iron Hill to this suit to the person is no matter who is in the suit, you are able to kind of transcend time. And you, no matter who has a connection with Gramps, no matter what year it happened, no matter what era it is, even in a place that you've never had, you see through the eyes of that. It's almost like past memories from the wearer of the suit. Love it. So, like, you receive the data from the person who wore it before you, who made this connection with a person you've never known. And for that second, you speak with their voice. So no matter who's speaking to Gramps the clock, what they're hearing is the voice that they know. And the tail, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I absolutely love that. I am obsessed. Gramps the clock. And I feel like all over the world, keepsake day 
is like the the visuals of it in the same way that like you know Halloween is jack o' lanterns and cobwebs and witches. Uh, keepsake day, the symbol of it is a clock or time mm-hmm. or something, yeah. and I think that's oftentimes why like even the rest of the world, Iron Hill, like you know we've we've mentioned this before that Jer- the first time we ever brought this up was with Jeremy received a pocket watch from someone who was at the Battle of Iron Hill and unlocked all these like memories about Arthur because it was his, and so I feel like timepieces pocket watches are something that you give a lot of people give on remembrance day on keepsake day as a as a way of kind of just reminding them about the fragility of time and just the existence of it of like you know and it, and it here's a pitch for you matching timepieces that you oh, give I love to that. someone that's cute that's really nice so you and i would have like our own pocket watch that's the same and so when we're, we're you know or I put my face in the one I give to you. It's like a, it's a mixture of kind of like a locket and a pocket watch. You know, there's an image on it of like a place or a thing or a joke that you open up and you're like, oh man, that inside joke takes me back in that way that it keeps it alive forever. That connection to you too. I love it. That's perfect. Gramps the clock sounds like a Sonic the Hedgehog character and it makes me very happy. That's like yep, Big that's the right. Cat. Can I ask you a question though? Yeah. When does he decide that he's no longer... Right, like he's ready to give up the suit and it gets passed on. I feel like that's an important part of mascot stuff is like when you stop doing it. Now, can I throw uh, a little bit of a, can I, can I, can I throw a little bit of whimsy on there? Please give me some whimsy. I don't think he does. Oh, I think one day he just wakes up and the costume's not there. Like stolen? Maybe. He never, he just one day looks around. He's like, well, it's about time for me to start putting on the suit and getting ready. Not here anymore. And he looks around and he doesn't he doesn't know if somebody stole it or if he gave it oh. to somebody and forgot or maybe something real magical happened. But like all he knows is like, well, the suits moved on like it's time for somebody else to take on the work. And plus, I got coffee to make. And as that happens, as he is grinding the beans over the sound of like the you hear it's time. And he's like, no way. And that's how he knows that it's like a. It's a mantle that you pass on. It's and the he first just kind of pauses and chuckles and is like, all right, have fun with it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that very much. So he's still very much alive. He knows yeah. that he was the original Gramps the Clock, but yeah. he is, I feel like he's someone who uh, helps with that day every day. Like he keeps the enthusiasm about it, like alive in the town. Because like as... As festivals, of course, go on, like times change and eons pass and interests lose. But he is a big proponent of like, no, 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 no. It's a big deal. It's important. Like when kids come in, they're like, Ugh, keepsake day. He's like, no way. Like, and then, you know, he, he keeps it alive for future generations and keeps that enthusiasm rolling. I love that. I think it's wonderful. I've got two little details I want to throw out before we wrap. Please. One is a little bit of a story. This is story time with Jeff. Um, And this is the story of what has what happens to Big Jeremy shortly after he's given the timepiece that reminds him of Arthur. Give me. He holds on to it for a very long time. He holds on to it. He treasures it. It is a it is a reminder. And eventually, like those memories come back and he holds them in a place in his heart where he never he never he never loses them again. And over time, it becomes this thing that is less of a uh, uh, a keepsake and a memento and more of just a treasured object. And eventually, just it's a really nice watch. And so eventually, it just becomes a thing that he flashes for people. At first, he's telling them, like, this was this was a this was something that reminds me of, of Arthur and I hold on to it. And eventually, like those memories of Arthur become their own reward. And he just shares those stories and the watch becomes a watch. And he just, he, you know, eventually just becomes, hey, this is my really nice watch, and I love showing it off. And then one day, he's at a bar, he's flashing the watch around, he's telling some stories, you know what happens? What? In three rounds of spectacular bluff-filled poker, Dynamo Joe steals oh, that watch no! the fuck off of him. Dynamo Joe got the watch. But in that same way, though, wait, so Dynamo Joe is at the Battle of Iron Hill? No, it just, at that point, it was just a watch. It was, oh. it was years after, it was years after it had become, like, you know, this was the this was a memory of the battle that I fought, and those memories took on a different form in Jeremy's life, and eventually that watch stopped being a reminder of this event and started being a watch, and so eventually, like, he puts it up in a bet, and Dynamo Joe wins, and actually probably was at the Battle of Iron Hill, I'm taking yeah. all of that back, and, like, wins it, and is like, I want that watch, I want it, it was at the Battle of Iron Hill, give me the watch, I'm putting yeah. it up in a bet, and, like, bluffs it away from Jeremy, and eventually loses a memory of it, and that watch just kind of 
becomes this really unifying factor, becomes like a feature in many stories about the holiday. I love it very much because it also implies the, I mean, we never really broke down antiques are objects that have, you know, memories attached to them that are, the, the objects are preserved and like kept care of and restored. And so because I have a memory attached to this, you know, wagon wheel, because it was like, you know, what I, that wagon I rode on when I was about to give birth and, you know, the wagon broke down. And so I had to walk a mile and blah, 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 blah. You know, so it reminds me of my children. If that wagon wheel ended up like in an antique store, somebody else might build another memory on it. Yeah. Eventually, like those memories will change. And, you know, the memories of, of your children of the day that you had your kids will attach to other objects. And yes, you know, they are they are objects with memories, but they are also objects. And I think at ta- there are there comes a time when you go, I'm ready to let this object go. The memory yes. holds on. And yeah, people kind of connect like watches become a thing because like in a lot of of iconic keepsake day stories a watch is featured and people are like is that the same watch <laughs> hey didn't i that looks like the watch i had when i was a kid and it it could be and it's could just be. a matter of like things get passed through time memories change and you no longer need it's not this i want to clarify that it's not like unless you see this object like you know there is yeah. no memory if that object is destroyed it literally is almost like an awakening like it, a it, memory it, it bring, jogger the memory comes back and then it, it you have you, you hold on to it and it's yours to do with as you keep and then the object yes. is an object yes and that is what i really like about this whole like i'm glad we talked about this and hammered it down because it's something i wanted to avoid it being like as long as this watch is on me i can remember it's like no it's the thing that jogs your memory then you have it and if you forget it again it can be Something different that has to do with that memory. It's yeah. about it's about bringing you back to a time. So it can be something completely unrelated. But you've everybody's had those moments where you know it usually happens for me in smells and humans and smells where you're like, oh my god, I haven't thought about that in a long time. So it can be many things that trigger this awakening response of memories, you know. And then you usually, I think, the tradition in Iron Hill is once that that memory is you know gotten back, you give it to an antique store. I love it. That's the beautiful. object, it, you you pass it on. So it's maybe because people are that long lived, it's maybe it'll awaken something in someone else. And so I'm going to give it, put it on display at this antique store. And hopefully someone can look in that case, see that brooch and go, oh my God, grandma. Like, you know, it's such a, I like this idea of this cyclical passing on of memories and giving. Honestly, it's nice. I've got one last tiny detail. And Guinea? then it's a wrap. And that is the humph sucker. For a for pretty, pretty face. face. Oh, absolutely. Just an absolute just, sucker just, for a pretty face. Ooh. God damn it. Right. And that's a rat. All right. Uh, I'm glad we had a good time with uh, Humphrey. What is it? Box and Latch. Humphrey Box and Latch, a.k.a. Gramps the Clock. Gramps the Clock. The, the cross-generational magic talking clock that fires cannons, gives gifts, and these gifts are so specific that they jog a memory in you because no matter who you are in Iron Hill, Gramps the Clock, you share a memory or two. Jeff, if people would like to submit a prompt to our show, what can they do? They can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasychildren. They can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. They can email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. Or they can go to bit.ly slash AMFC Discord and use the prompt submission channel. Boom! Um, All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the One Shot Podcast Network. The One Shot Podcast Network is home to an incredible array of shows like shows like Asians Represent, Character Creation Cast, uh, Skyjack's Couriers Call. There's a What's whole that ton one of about? St- oh, that's about... Uh, Kids in the world of Sphere from Campaign Skyjacks learning about themselves growing up, and I'm a cast member on it, so you should listen to it. Um, But yeah, One Shot Podcast Network is dope, and if you kind of align with our way of storytelling and world building and this nice, optimistic, new kind of making fantasy without shitty tropes, you'll love everything on the One Shot Podcast Network. Otherwise, Jeff has another podcast. I don't know how he does it, but he does. I sure do, Aaron. Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with a friend. We play a two-player game. We share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. New episodes drop every Monday at partyofonepodcast.com. Boom. Do you have a verbal hug? Treasure the keepsakes in your life and the things that jog the memories that you hold dear. Uh, remember that they are only objects and that the memories uh, live on in your own heart even long after you lose or 
lose track of or give away or or get rid of those objects. If they serve a purpose and they bring a memory back into your life, they are sacred and precious. But they are also things and things will pass and things will pass through our lives and leave our lives at some point. And I think that is uh, an equally beautiful part of the experience. But really treasure those things that you look at and have a memory attached and really take some time to 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 engage in those treasured special memories that you have and, and the objects that are associated with them. I could not agree more. Um, the memories are what's important that are attached to these objects. The objects themselves are there to anchor us to our past, and it's an easy way for our you know, human brain to kind of grasp the t- passage of time and the fragility of time and the distance between us and those moments. But don't forget that the memories are wonderful and the stuff is just nice. But the the people that you made the memories with, and even if you're by yourself, that time that you spent living your life, same way as last episode, is what matters. Nothing else kind of matters except that the the life that you lived in order to build that memory. Don't forget that. Love it. Um, is that all we do on this podcast? I think that's about all we do. Woohoo! So until next time, good, good night, night and good, good game. game. Why is it that taking a walk down memory lane becomes harder when you get older? I feel like when I'm here, in this neighborhood, in my childhood home, I'm not me anymore, if that makes sense. I become who I was back then. The world gets all foggy, and the problems and stresses of that era, even though they've been worked out, creep back into my mind, into the present. As soon as we surround ourselves with places in our past, our head swims. We enter a haze where the past and present blur. The thing I struggle with, standing in this room as an adult, where my once younger self wondered what their life would be at my age, is going through all of those old tokens and mementos of mine. I can't help but feel sorry for this person. You almost want to reach out through time and let them know that things actually work out, and that these worries you have don't matter in the long run. It's almost like talking to someone else. You know I used to leave messages for my future self. Yes, it is true. When I wanted to remind myself that this little piece of my life, whether it be something like an old sketchbook, a toy, or a piece of clothing was important, I'd hide a note on it so that when this moment came when I was an adult, I'd remember why I kept it. It's odd, I know, but I always wanted to anchor myself to who I used to be which I guess would make me the person I wanted to be and am now. Still, I guess, oddly sentimental about things and the memories attached to them, I guess. Like this one. A note that says, Hey, it's me. Make sure you hold on to this, okay? It means a lot to us. I'm just a kid now, but I hope it's still important to us when you're reading this. Please don't judge me, because I am you, and you are me. You always think that you were more carefree when you were younger, but that isn't true. You care about so many things that later do seem trivial, but they keep you, you. Memories are not supposed to fade, even though they do. Preserving them is to preserve your story, yourself. So keep this safe, because I am you, and you are me. Don't forget that.